Hey kids, it's your old pal Gorag the Slayer. How the hell you doing? Tonight's podcast is brought to you as usual by LoneStarButtons.com. Lone Star Buttons is a custom pin-on-button company, and they will make your design a reality. Lone Star offers their buttons in multiple sizes and shapes. They even do magnets. Lone Star Buttons offers great prices. Uh, they come from the early 2000s era. The prices, that is. And, uh, I don't think you'll be able to find anything better, honestly. Um, not only are the prices low, but if you mention Revenge of the World, the owner, Adam Stimpy Jones, will throw in some extra buttons for free. Boom. To get in touch with Lone Star Buttons, you can either email info at LoneStarButtons.com or you can call the owner, Adam Stimpy Jones, at 281 281- 798-1996. Tell him Gorag sent you, and you want to suck on his hairy tits. Also, if you want to take part in the show, that being, you know, sending in news stories, urban legends, friend questions, pro tips, we want it. We need it. Talk to us. We read everything. And don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review on whatever you're listening this on. Coming to you pre-recorded live from Atomic Age Studio in beautiful Pasadena, Texas. It's the Revenge of the World podcast with your hosts, Gabriel, That Dude Dieter, and our new part-time co-host, Brenda Vlad Valdivia. Hey everybody, thanks for listening to episode 89 of Revenge of the World Podcast. I'm your host, Gabe, that dude Dieter, and in the sidecar today is Brenda Val- Valdivia. <laughs> Welcome. <laughs> Goodbye, Brennan. No one will mourn you. Brennan, I miss the shit out of you, <laughs> but I know you're having good times with your dad, so <laughs> your temporary replacement is here, and we're going to have a good time. Hmm. God damn, that coffee's good. <laughs> um, so what's up, Brenda? How you doing? Oh, uh, pretty good. We're just having a good week, getting all these podcasts ready for my network, the Mockingbird Network <laughs> Subtle plug, subtle plug. <laughs> uh, but other than that, pretty good. Just really chill. Good. Hey, uh, can you read what's next to this star up top? Next to that star? Uh butthole surfers. Thank you. And how do you say that? Butthole surfers. Thank you. <laughs> why? <laughs> That's okay. Why? Why is uh, why I, am I know, reading this? Um, <clears throat> it was just one of my small talk items for this episode. Uh, I've heard the emphasis on the wrong syllable, and it really bugged me when I heard it. Uh, Butthole surfers. <laughs> I, I heard a couple people say butthole surfers. Butthole surfers. Butthole surfers. <laughs> butthole surfers. And I'm it like, sounds like, it's an not eight. butthole surfers, it's butthole surfers. 
sounds like an incantation. Butthole surfers. <laughs> Butthole surfers. Oh, shit. Jesus. <laughs> uh, yeah, that kind of drives me nuts when I hear weird and uh, pronouncements. Pronouncement. <laughs> Pronu- pronunciation. Yeah. It, um, and, and for me, I've noticed it in myself since I started recording more and more podcasts. I, I noticed I'm a mutterer, so I I keep my mouth closed too much. Uh-huh. So now when I'm home, I was like, speak, speak <laughs> out loud. And it's... um. Enunciation is key. Enunciation is key. Like, I've heard of all these little exercises where you put, like, marbles in your mouth. And- I've, uh, I, I did one in the beginning of the podcast where I would put two fingers in my mouth. Like you're, you're holding like your a gun, gun in your mouth. <laughs> and supposedly your mouth gets used to being slightly ajar oh, okay. while you're talking. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think it works. Yeah. But. I didn't try it long enough. Yeah, because I think what it is in the South, the way you grow up is that you just kind of mutter all of your opinions. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know where it's you It's all get. sling bladed up in here. <laughs> it's all porch talk. You're sitting on a porch. Yeah. You're seeing two idiots across the street fight. You talk about what the fight, and then you talk about nothing for the rest yeah. of the day. Um, I don't know where weird pronouncements come from. That's new. I don't know. I think people read things but don't hear them said, mm-hmm. so they just make up their own way of saying things in yeah. their mind. I think that's that's pretty reasonable. Um, accents are dying out, though. Are they? Yeah, they're finding more and more uh, accents are becoming rarer, rarer. Um, but because of global communication. Yeah, basically, television, news, uh, movies. We won, guys. California did it. <laughs> Damn it. Uh, yeah, that is weird. I, I always kind of wish the transatlantic accent got more popular that early 1950s, 40s era where everyone talked like this. Oh, God. Hello, yeah. my darling. Madonna picked it up for a little bit, Ooh, but it didn't, uh, it it didn't was, take. It was tragic. Yeah. Was it, was not, it was Madonna, not a good time you, for you her. You can't act. Therefore, you cannot pick up accents. You're not British. Yeah. It's not a garage. It's, <laughs> it's a garage. Not, it's not aluminum. Spell <laughs> aluminum for me, will you? Yeah. Um, told you. My cat's meowing. Oh, yeah. Uh, Gary is kind of one of the co-hosts on the Mockingbird Network. Oh, Whenever really? we're recording in so, my place, so he will blood. just yeah, he'll like, jump onto the table, demand attention. I just let him. Because if we put him away, he'll never stop howling. All right. So... Oh my god! Since uh, <laughs> since we didn't really get into it last episode when you were on as a meager guest, uh, you you have your own podcast called Nerd Love. Yeah. So Nerd Love is I got the idea a year ago to do a show where people read fan fiction uh, that they wrote um, many years ago. So the mm-hmm. original idea is that the fan fiction had to be real, had to be sincere. Um, you couldn't write it just to get it on the show. Um, and if you wanted to read it yourself, you could. But we would get actors and comedians to read your fan fiction as earnestly as possible. Like as if it were a play? Like, uh, yeah, if, it, it, just a live reading. You know, I don't know. I don't know if you know NPR, but they do these uh, <laughs> short stories where they they'll get actors to read short stories written by famous act, uh, authors. Mm-hmm. Um so that was the original idea. It also, but it turns out 
Most people don't save their fan fiction, and most people try to suppress it. And I, I don't like the idea of making fun of fans. Mm-hmm. I, I don't like the idea, because, you know, I'm a nerd, too. Um, I don't want anybody making fun of me for stuff I wrote sincerely years and years ago. But let's be honest, what you wrote when you were 13 is probably not a good idea. <laughs> It's probably not a good idea. (laughs) It made you who you are today. Yeah. So Nerd Love talks to, uh, also talks to super fans and we try to find out what makes this genre of fandom so special. And it's not just like the standard of sci-fi and comedy and things like that. It, It can also be sports or why this hobby garners so much attention. And I also want to get into the darker aspects like, uh, stalkers or super fans who don't know how to break out of that reality um so that's where nerd love started saying and basically nerd love created the idea of the network a mockingbird network down the line because um i i just escalate things i don't know what to do so i just escalate that's cool Mm -hmm. uh have you ever read uh star trek erotica um fan erotica i've never been too much of a stan uh star trek person but i did for the first episode we did have a reading of the original mary sue uh which talks about mary sue who is kind of the prototype of all this like self-involved fan fiction where she's the best she's the brightest she's the most beautiful she's the kindest she's also the captain she also won a nobel prize damn um her eyes sparkle uh, I have read some fan fiction erotica, but it's not the primary reason I would <laughs> I would read it. You're not into it. Uh, uh it's not that I it's not even that. It's not that I'm not into it, it's just that it's hard to find well written fan fiction. Yeah. When regular fiction is <laughs> so be, hard to write. Yeah. Published fan fan published fiction is mm-hmm. what's so hard to write. You also have a show called World's Worst Book Club. Mm-hmm. That's with uh, me and Stephanie Fisher. We get the worst books we can find. And the first one we're currently on is uh, it's Rebels, colon, City of Endra, colon, The Story of Lex and Livia. Is this science fiction? Uh, I guess. It's, oh, no. it's kind of is that, it L. Ron Hubbard? It's this dystopian sci-fi-ish sort of teen why a novel is written by Kylie and Kendall Jenner of the what? famous Jenner family. Oh man. It's it's an obvious cash grab. Um and it's the two of them plus their two ghostwriters. So four people wrote this book. <laughs> and uh so far and we've failed. So far we've only made it three chapters. Wow. Uh and people can vote whether they want us to keep reading it or not. They just got paid. <laughs> um and you run the network Mockingbird. Yeah. Which I cannot tag for some reason. That's cool. On Facebook. We'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. Yeah. Um, Mockingbird was just the idea. I've been working on I've been working on going towards doing podcasts for about five years now. Um, I've always loved radio. I always loved spoken word. Uh, I wear headphones 90% of my life. Mm-hmm. I just do ever since I was a kid. Um the way I grew up, it's been kind of a negative sort of like I didn't hear a lot of yes in my life. I've always heard like that's not going to work because of this reason. Mm-hmm. Uh, and most of the time, their reasons were valid, but I didn't want to hear it. Um, but with spoken word and audiobooks, it's not just an escape, but it's an explanation of how people did what they wanted to do. Um, and I think I, my first 
podcast that I really loved was uh, The Nerdist. Because mm-hmm. it was just some dorks getting together and talking to some surprisingly big comedians. Um, Are you? Do you still listen? Not as much as I used to. Just because I'm overwhelmed by all the podcasts that are out there. Uh, I kind of figured that uh the nerd for me the nerdist was like the training wheels for podcast listening yeah that's how it feels for me too and the more i listen to like nerd type podcasts uh which this might be one i don't know i'll let other people be the judge yes it is it is okay uh i i'd rather move on to different stuff because i like to i like to listen to things that i'm not interested in Mm mm-hmm that where I can, you know, kind of learn opposite. something out of it. You know? I, I double down. If I'm interested, in I, why? Why is this? Why am I interested in this? What is it about this? Who is this person? So, but how long can you really do that, though? Uh, uh, I would say Five six years. months. <laughs> six months? Okay. Six months on a solitary subject. I can get really into it. And oh, then wow. all of a sudden I snap out of it. It's like, huh? Why do I... <laughs> Why do I have all these Deadpool t-shirts? What's happening? Why am I wearing a Dianetics t-shirt? Uh, <laughs> no. You Deadpool. make that decision, you're never getting out. Let's be honest. Um, yeah. Oh, man. Where do I go from here? Uh, happy Columbus Day. <laughs> I don't know. Happy uh, Indigenous Peoples Day. What, what up? What, what up? Uh, IPP? Um hmm. So, what are you listening to these days? I'm currently listening, outside of the network, I'm currently listening to a show called You Must Remember This, mm-hmm. uh, which is a woman who does research on old Hollywood stories and, and big figures. Uh, so far, I'm li- I always listen chronologically. So, I'm going through, right now, it's uh, Howard Hughes' Lovers, you know, the guy who me wow. that giant zeppelin i just uh listened to a podcast on howard hughes yeah by he was the an sofa kings interesting person very uh supposedly he had syphilis supposedly nobody really knows for sure yeah nobody but knows for sure it wasn't there was also a big mob boss who wasn't um he was sent to alcatraz he also had syphilis um for tax evasion. They got him for something yeah, real yeah. Al small. Capone. Al Capone. Al Capone, Al Capone yeah. had so much syphilis <laughs> that he went crazy <laughs> and died. Yeah. And like to the point that I remember reading some excerpts from people who interviewed him. And they're, they're all too scared to talk to him about it. But he had it bad. Like to the point that prostitutes were like, I'm not. I don't care if you shoot me. I'm not doing this. Because there's like pus leaking out of him. Oh. Yeah, just gross. Out of his ears from his brain. We'll say ears. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, oh, man. That, I, uh, my grand, this is a terrible story. Don't and shoot I, it. That's I, what I love. I, I hate telling it. But I'm going to tell it on the podcast. Um, there was this uh, syphilitic neighbor of my grandparents. Uh, she was... A, dis- a walking disaster. Oh, I poor thing. Um, she. There's a cure for it too. Like it's been around since the early. Well, she had 40s. mental. She was. She had mental problems, oh. and uh, she was just really uh, promiscuous and and used a lot of drugs, and that didn't help. Yeah. Um. But I was up late at night by myself at my grandparents. They'd both gone to bed, and I get this knock on the door, 
they didn't have a people. They still don't have a people. I know what I'm doing after this show. <laughs> uh, so I open the door, and this uh, this lady comes in and walks right past me into the house, and she is fucked up. Oh, and uh, she's like, "Hey, I'm hungry. Do you got any food?" And I'm like, "Oh my god, how old uh, are you?" I was probably fifteen, okay, fourteen, fifteen, something like so that. So like that quasi. I could take her if I had to, but I'm also scared. <laughs> uh, mm, uh, I don't want to touch this woman, yeah. even you know, with a full body suit on. Um, <clears throat> she she looked like she'd been dragged by a car. Oh. Uh, Some people are like that. They're just they're constantly covered in road rash. You don't know where it comes from. Yeah, <laughs> mysterious road rash. Yeah, uh, that's the worst kind. Um, so she walks right past me. She's real loud. And I'm like, oh, my God, you know, keep it down for one. And uh, I didn't know what else to do. I wanted her to leave. So I complied. And she sat in my grandparents' kitchen. And I cut her off a big piece of ham. <laughs> <laughs> I gave her a big piece of ham. And uh, as I was cutting it, she commented that I had a nice butt. Oh, my God. And I turned around and I was like... Uh, mind you, I'm wearing uh, pink terry cloth pajama pants. <laughs> Oddly enough, I, I'll throw that detail in there. So there's this um, old cartoon that I think Mary Melodies made it, or uh-huh. uh, Warner Brothers. I can't remember. I'm thinking like late 40s when this came out. And you're dr- describing the exact same situation of this cartoon. Because this is hobo who shows up. <laughs> This hobo shows up and terrifies this woman who's an owl, this uh-huh. cartoon owl lady, and basically muscles his way into her house, and she cuts him a big piece of ham. Uh-huh. Oh, my God. That's crazy. <laughs> the entire time, she's on the shaky plate. It didn't, it didn't have a pineapple slice. <laughs> uh, so, I give her this piece of ham. She's drunkenly, or whatever she's on, eating it at our kitchen table, and all of a sudden... Some dude comes in, because I forgot to shut and lock the door. Oh, my God. Uh, and he's, like, just apologizing like crazy. And he's like, Claire, come on. Oops, said her name. She's dead, so that's okay. <laughs> uh, he's like, Claire, come Shout on, let's go. And uh, I'm like, hey, man, keep keep it down. My grandparents are asleep. And uh, he grabs her by the arm and, like, sh- sh- shuffles her out the door. And he's like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I'm like, see ya. <laughs> just shut and lock the door and i'm like leaning against it like breathing heavy like uh and my grandparents never found out until later you know oh my god how did it how did it let slip how did you bring this up uh i just told them Mm -hmm. uh claire came over in the middle of the night and they were like what (laughs) because they were friends with her mom uh i mean they're both long gone so uh it's always like this weird balance of feeling really sorry for someone like feeling genuine sympathy you hope that they're gonna recover you you know they're they're going through a big problem and then you they show up and you're like fuck off (laughs) don't make your your problems my problems all right uh yeah here's some ham go away (laughs) you're hungry that was the most jesus moment i've had in my life oh man i used to my parents owned a corner store and so i grew up in a corner store and we get all sorts of people who are constantly fucked up i think that's like the first that's where i get my total 
I don't want to say apathy, but I have a huge tolerance for weird people. Um, and also a low threshold for bullshit because there's so many people come into the corner store and they're stoned out of their mind. They're drunk. They just want to get some chips. I'm like, whatever. You're all fucked up, but you want to get some chips. I'm not going to stop you. Here's enjoy your day. Here's your Doritos. Um, but then you get people who enjoy your breed. (laughs) (laughs) We did own a taqueria, so that's true too. So, but you'd also get these people who would just come in and just start demanding insane shit. Like, come in and it's like, hey, can I have a cigarette? No. This is a store. <laughs> this is the last place where you just get something. Yeah. You have to exchange money for goods and services. Like, oh, I can't have a cigarette. I can't have a cigarette. What did I All right, then you? let me just take some enemas. It's like, this isn't a negotiation. <laughs> Are you I'm holding just, me hostage? I don't know what's happening. That's happened so many times. I once threw a stapler at a guy's face because uh, he tried to reach over and uh, grab my breasts. I think I was like uh, 11 what years old. What was this guy named? I don't even know his name. Senor Trump? It was just... <laughs> 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 I'm kind of over. I'm kind of over it. I love that th- that's what's bringing them down. Don't worry, we're gonna get into it. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, yeah, for both of us. There's so much to discuss. Uh, let's just go on to that. Uh, there's no reason to drag this out. Sure. Um. All right. Butthole surfers. Butthole surfers. <laughs> columbus day people uh fuck you columbus. <laughs> you genocidal where, maniac where, where do we go with this uh, <laughs> i've covered columbus too early unfortunately uh, a couple episodes ago but you know one more fuck you wouldn't hurt fuck I you think. fuck you columbus yeah. um do you know the origin of columbus day no i don't it came at a time when the catholic people of america were being persecuted <laughs> Kind of like Mexicans are today, mm-hmm. or uh, the Irish, maybe. Well, no, I think it was the Irish. Um, yeah, because isn't it Irish versus Protestant versus Catholic? That was very... Mm-hmm. When JFK was nominated for president, a lot of people were like, he's Catholic. He's- I think I think Columbus Day came around in the 30s, Okay, uh, if I'm not mistaken. But it was suggested since Columbus is looked upon as a hero... Uh, by, you know, Catholic mm-hmm. countries around the world because of whatever. You know what I'm trying to say. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He brought over, I think, missionary. No, I don't know if he originally did, but missionaries came over because of him. He uh, he crushed the uh, heresy of the tribal peoples of America. Mm-hmm. And uh, just like Jesus would have done. And um, he's, he's looked on as a hero in especially uh, Italy and spain i think mm-hmm. he was spanish right yeah he was no he was italian and spain was the one that spain funded gave the expedition. Him, yeah the queen i forget her name but uh, isabella i think mm-hmm. the queen gave him the the funding to come mm-hmm. over here 
So it was a win-win for both of those countries. Mm-hmm. Uh, where was I going with this? So, yeah, basically because um, Catholics were being persecuted in the 30s in America, um, they wanted a national holiday, so they chose this butthole. This butthole. <laughs> and uh, that's how Columbus Day came about. Yeah, he was a um, notorious drunk. He demanded he demanded rooms full of gold and silver as tribute. Mm-hmm. They were like, yeah, we got tons of the stuff. Okay. Um, and the reason why he just, he literally committed genocide. He just burned them to the ground was because they didn't know how to fix boats. Hmm? Yeah. He had like some issues with the hull of his boat. So he's like, go fix it. Like, we don't know what boats. <laughs> <laughs> we don't know what boats are. He just came out of he a just, dragon, yeah. a dragon's belly. It's like, well, and you're a god? Fix it yourself. <laughs> like, we've already sacrificed all of our virgins to you. Oh, my God. Yeah. We're virginless now. The uh, the people of the Bahamas suffered so much, and I had no idea that he had anything to do with the Bahamas. Yeah. And uh, apparently yeah. that's that's the place he got, you know, he hit before mm-hmm. landing in America. Yeah, the if you talk to indigenous people um, in, in Mexico, Cuba, and the Bahamas, and those, and basically just a lot of the coast, the Gulf Coast of Mexico, um, he's reviled. He they, they consider him a scourge on the planet. He, mm-hmm. he he committed genocide. He really did because he purposely set up these government loose government systems and killed. Any and all ship chiefs that stood in his way. Mm-hmm. Um, he took slaves back. He commanded raping, like literal raping and, and pillaging. He was he was a monster. Killed thousands, babies, he babies killed and mothers. Thousands of them. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I have so I have f- tomorrow off, but I'm not going <laughs> to enjoy myself. If you ever think like you can't do anything, just remember. This one little guy named Christopher showed up on a little boat, and he did it. (laughs) He did the damn thing. They said they couldn't be done, but he did it. Um, Next story. Uh, Let's have Trump talk for a little bit, because some interesting things have been happening over the past couple days. Mm -hmm. And uh, I posted about it on Facebook, and I I listed all of these, you know, um, uncouth things that uh america is responsible for uh and uh his comments are not surprising to me no um at all because i've heard similar conversations and i've been part of similar conversations i'll be honest i'm i'm genuinely surprised by the reaction people have had over these comments because he has been accused and documented by people who've been close to him of much worse. Much worse. Much, much worse. Of rape, of physical assault, of theft. And him talking about, the, I, I guess because he's so nonchalant about it, uh, nonchalant about groping women without their permission, forcing them. Like, it's, it's, it's sexual assault. Let's mm-hmm. be clear. This is sexual assault. Um but I'm surprised this is how long it took to get this strong of a reaction. Um, Billy Bush is fucked, by the way. He's, I don't know how long. I don't know anything about that guy. I don't know much about him either, but I know he's fucked. Because <laughs> he was, like, I don't know if you saw the video, 
because they try to edit his comments out of the original video. You think it's just Bush talking, uh, Trump just talking about himself. Um, but later it was released, Billy Bush's comments, where he's like, yeah, that's legit. That's hilarious. That's great. And then when they get out of the bus, there's this gorgeous woman who meets with them both. Mm -hmm. And Billy Bush says, hey, give him a hug. Mm -hmm. Go hug Trump. And he kind of has this like wink, wink, nudge, nudge moment after yeah. they just had this conversation about assaulting women for five minutes. Mm -hmm. And this woman has no idea. Mm -hmm. And Billy Bush is basically setting her up. So as creepy and disgusting as Trump was, I was more stunned at Billy Bush's reaction of just being like, yeah, this is cool. Well, yeah, it's two slime balls having yeah. a conversation. Uh, one, I think, uh, deserves more criticism than the other just because he's running for president oh absolutely but uh there I, I mean i've been around people that talk that way yeah me too and it's it's uh it, it's no surprise to me at all that this would go on yeah uh and it shouldn't be a surprise to anybody else yeah and it, that's what i don't that's what confounds me yeah same that here anybody else is shocked or disappointed uh yeah because they keep seeing these posts like how dare he how like, is this the straw that broke the camel how back? is talking about it how is talking about it worse than actually doing it that's what blows my fucking mind i i'm friends with lots of comedians i'm i'm friends with a lot of people who are kind of like fringe society mm -hmm. and I've heard them talk a good game or talk like kind of shockingly, but I also they, know they would never no, do never, it, and no. that's why I hang out with them. Right. Meanwhile, like because it's com it's comedy. Yeah. It's fun to think in these far out scenarios. Yeah. Oh, did you see the? There was this footage. It was on Fox News. They of course had like thirty pundits on one screen. Uh -huh. uh, I think it was literally like five on the top row, five on the bottom row, um, and this woman is calling out donald trump for his language and his behavior and he's and she literally says he says that he grabbed her by the pussy and this this blonde woman i forget her name she <laughs> this said, fox woman this fox newman woman just says don't say that word my uh -huh. child is watching this don't say the that why is your child and, watching fox news you crazy woman bitch. Just, this this woman just rips this blonde a brand new three-bedroom asshole. Mm -hmm. Like, it is... Eviscerates her. It's like, how dare you defend somebody for saying that and doing these things, and meanwhile, in the same sentence, tell me that I'm the one who can't say it. Mm -hmm. And just, like, I kept waiting for her to say, I have a pussy. I can say it as much as I want. I'll say it with my pussy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, is it because I'm not running for president? I was like, oh, man. girl, I don't like any pundits, but I like you. It's, uh, I'm trying to think of a president that probably doesn't talk like that. And I would. Obama might not, but he might. Bush, most definitely. Probably, yeah. Clinton, Bill, pro, Bro, I mean, yeah, yeah, please, yeah, he, yeah, he goes a step beyond. Talking. I'm thinking Johnson, Lyndon Johnson, probably would be there. <laughs> you have to go back that far. Well, it's not just that. I mean, if we're talking about like bragging about women, take your presidential pick. Um, I'm not the biggest fan, but of then Obama. Kennedy, yeah, Kennedy, uh, yeah, definitely Kennedy, yeah, 
He, he might had, not have said the word pussy. But. He had a literal mob <laughs> yeah. hook him up with the finest ladies of the night. Mm-hmm. You know, you know he said the word pussy. He was crushing them. Yes. <laughs> he was Oh, uh, never mind. <laughs> I'm not gonna go there. He was crushing on that pee. Yeah. Um Lyndon Johnson was just known for being kind of a dick. Uh he'd go to the bathroom and he'd poop in front of the Secret Service. And tell him to come in and just stare at him eye to eye. What? No, he didn't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was an incredible. I, I hope it's Lyndon Johnson because if somebody's listening to this and it's wrong, please by by all means correct Lyndon me. Lyndon Johnson took over after Kennedy was killed, right? He, That's the one. I think so. Yeah. And um, he also had an aquatic car, one of those boats what? that would like come. You can drive it into the ocean uh-huh. and it'll just drive and it'll just go. And he would get guests of the the presidential guest and he say hey let's go for a car ride and he's driving he's down blast the, off into the water yeah he'll just start screaming and charge full points <laughs> <laughs> into the water and what just have these freaking out they're thinking they're all gonna die meanwhile it's like it's a boat oh my god yeah that's priceless some people are assholes oh so are we done with trump talk i mean come uh, on um, Good luck, Republican Party. Oh, my friend, I shout out to my friend Alvin because he had the best Trump Republican joke I've heard since this election got started. He literally said, I'm sorry, Republican Party. You have to carry this presidency to term. Oh, oh man. <laughs> That's rough. People oh, are asking him to drop out. I'm like, why? Why would he? Why would he? There, There's people that have done worse. 33% are going to vote for him no matter what. R- really? Mm-hmm. Thirty-three percent of all the registered voters are going to all registered voters are going to vote for him no matter what. They either because they solely vote Republican or because they love him that much. Wait, thirty-three percent of Republican voters, registered voters, registered voters, registered voters. I'm dead serious. (sighs) Luckily, there's seventy percent. Believe I know. Cite your sources, please. <laughs> I I'll have to look it up, but it, that number has been brought up to me over and over again. There's just that's generally the amount of people who will vote for a candidate no matter what, just because they're representing their party, because mm. they know that they control the cabinet. And there's people who they also choose the future uh, justices mm-hmm. on the Supreme Court, so they're gonna vote for that ticket no matter what, because it's not about the president; it's about the party. Um, this one's a bit more, I don't know. So we got to go back. So the Tea Party started uh, right after or right before the Obama election. Mm-hmm. And you had all these right-wing parties uh, joining together to form the Tea Party, an extreme version of the Republican Party. Meanwhile, the mm. Republican Party started See, doing this fun thing called mm. nickel and diming them. So they started creating all these like, systems where they ask somebody to donate money to a particular candidate to those on the republican party but was switching over to the tea party so they got that information and then they started like sending them tons and tons and tons of requests for donations to certain candidates and like the like certain organizations meanwhile all these tea party members are donating thinking it's going to the tea party but it's not it's going to this coalition that only existed to destroy the Tea Party. So hmm. they basically nickled and dimed the Tea Party to death. Hmm. There's no more Tea Party. Haven't right. you wondered why there... No, I, 
I completely agree with that. Yeah. They're surprisingly silent because they no longer exist. Right. So all these Tea Party members went back to the Republican Party, mm-hmm. but they went back angry and they went back empowered, and then they saw Donald Trump. Mm-hmm. That's why. That's why this election is so nuts. The tea, the Republican Party created its own monster by inviting back the monsters that it created in the first place because they wanted to get power that badly. It's fascinating. Watch. I know. I know that. I want to say that the Tea Party cut off into the Libertarian Party, mm-hmm. and then the Libertarian Party got co-opted by the Republican Party. Mm-hmm. So numbers dropped in the Libertarian Party, and in the people left in that segment are your more liberal uh, Republicans. It's it's crazy to watch. You're basically what's happening now. It's a snake eating itself. You have all these fraction factions break out, but they're they're constantly being dismantled by fake funding because mm-hmm. they're easy to find. People give out their information all the time on Facebook. Mm-hmm. They sign up for uh, events and newsletters. You can sell that information to the highest bidder. It's constantly done. I will never donate uh, unless it's cash. I will never donate to any political group because I know as soon as I do, I'm never going to stop getting information like emails, all of that stuff. And you don't know who the source is because you don't know who they sold it to. Mm -hmm. And most uh, 401c4s or c3s um, that exist will exist only for the election. And if you try to track it down and find out where the money's going to, it's just a P.O. box in the middle of nowhere. That's so dangerous. It's terrifying. Holy shit. You don't know where this money's going to. And we're talking like 80, 90% of the money that people donate solely goes to buying more advertisements to getting more donations mm-hmm. because they want to break the party apart. But you don't know who it is, depending on which group is interested in, depending on, you know, what company wants their people on the ticket. <laughs> yeah. Crazy. Politics is terrifying. Uh, Speaking of terrifying, the pieces are coming together for World War III, uh, <laughs> starting in Syria. Um, China and Russia are drilling their civilians for nuclear fallout. Um, were you aware of this? No. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, did we miss our fallout drill? <laughs> it's, it's, uh, I'm not scared, but I am worried. Because you can't be fearful of something like this and continue your regular life. I'll I'll be uh, digging holes under my shed in the backyard. Um, but radiation is terrifying. I yes, uh, I do find it concerning that this whole Trump thing is eating up news coverage so heavily that our army general is threatening. Uh, to give Russia a beating that they will never recover from. <laughs> and, and this is all, this is over the no fly zone mm-hmm. that we wanted to set up in Syria. And Russia is saying there's already a no fly zone and we created it. So if you fly your jets where they're not supposed to go, we're going to shoot them down. People don't realize, people forget rather how easy it is to trigger a war. Mm-hmm. It literally can just be that. You flew on this space we told you not to, game on. Yeah. That's all it takes. And there, uh, I mean, that's what the Cold War was all about for, what, 40 years? Mm-hmm. Um, nothing came of that except a lot of money going down the drain. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, um, 
you you don't know you don't know what's going to trigger it. The Bay of Pigs could have caused like a nuclear nuclear war ever since nineteen. 19- you can stick with nuclear. Nuclear, <laughs> nuclear. Uh, I'm I'm sure no matter how you pronounce it, it's wrong. Um, uh, it's it's so easy to start a nuclear war, and you don't know where that bomb's going to land because everybody has nukes. India has nukes. Russia has nukes. The U.S. has nukes. Uh, China probably does. They do. North Korea wants to very badly, but they're starving. So who knows? They use people for jet fuel, yeah. rocket fuel. But they're, you know, backed by China, so they could easily get a nuke if people really, really wanted well, it. Well, they've had, they've tested nukes, mm-hmm. supposedly. Mm-hmm. Uh, who knows? Uh, That's terrifying. I'm going to stay awake over that one. It's fucking scary. At least, you know, it's Columbus Day tomorrow, so oh. I can wake up late. So, uh, in the midst of all this, last week, um, very strangely, uh, someone uh, got into a head-on collision with Putin's car. <laughs> like, okay, I'll set the, I'll set How the scene. How do you miss that Let car? me set the scene. Uh, Putin's car is going one, day, one way down the freeway. The attacking car is coming the other direction. The attacking car swerves at just the right second to hit Putin's car head on. Mm-hmm. Putin wasn't in the car, but the driver was killed. Both drivers were killed instantly. What? So, and it's deemed to be on purpose. Like they, you can see the video. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I mean, no. I mean, out of the thousands say- of cars on the road, it was like heavy traffic. Yeah. There's no way that could be an accident or just you know that's insane coincidence i did find out the other day um i don't know if this is still true i don't know how old the article was but they're talking about the average income of russia is maybe 350 dollars a year what and the next country that had like political power that high was india and it was about a thousand so it's they're incredibly poor and Hmm. they say about 25 people own over 35 percent of the entire country's property and companies and everything like that. So it's considered one of the most extreme of the rich versus the poor. So it's really interesting to watch that country start to develop. You know, they got to fight it out themselves. We can't. Man. We've been trying to go over there and give them freedom, but they don't want it. So what are you going to (laughs) do? You've got to force them. Uh, I don't know. Putin's an interesting guy. (laughs) <laughs> to say the least. To say the least. Um, so there is a clown virus going around. <laughs> um, ah, what's up with this story? Um, see, I think it's cyclical. Since the 1970s, there's been clown sightings on random roads. There's even been. But how do you say clown Earth? sightings when it's like <laughs> it's not? They're not Bigfoot. It's like people dressed in. <laughs> Clown outfits. So this, when I say clown sightings, it's like a phenomenon where people wear creepy clown makeup, purposely mm-hmm. creepy clown makeup, and stand by a side of the road at night. Oh, okay. Because that's unsettling as fuck. Yeah. But nobody was scared of clowns until the book It came out. Right. Um, that's when it first started. Um, uh, I remember being scared of uh, the clown in Poltergeist. The little clown. Was, uh, did Poltergeist come out before or after it? Because I'm talking like the entire know. country. The phenomenon of oh, being okay. afraid of clowns. Nobody was afraid of clowns before that. Really? Yeah. Like studies shown like the f- 
fear that people had of clowns immediately happened overnight after that book came out. Hmm. Um, but once every five to ten years, all of a sudden there'll be clown sightings. Because it, it's just, it's fun to do, I guess. Fun to fuck with people, and then it dies down, and then it picks up again. What I think triggered this one is the new It movie coming out. There's a new Pennywise, who, by the way, I, I don't like the look of. I think it's a really shitty... I think it looks shitty. I'm, uh, I'm I don't, not excited I, for it. I haven't seen it, but I wasn't... I was scared of the It movie mm-hmm. when it came out, but it Ooh. didn't impress me. It doesn't impress me now. Oof. I don't know, when he's <laughs> in that sewer grade... How he, how did he get in that sewer grate? Yeah. Um, but I uh, think that's what maybe have triggered all of this. I feel so bad for real clowns. But now people are fighting back. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> clowns are, are getting shot and beat up. everywhere of like, I hope that clown shows up. <laughs> it's like people just pulling out Glocks and shotguns. Yeah. And, ooh. I saw a meme that said uh, something like, you know, uh, leave my... Leave my uh, my girl Yolanda alone. She's just coming home from work or some <laughs> shit like that. And it's like some chola with her eyebrows painted on. That did actually, that did happen. There was this woman who was attacked walking home from work. What? Yeah, I, I can't believe I forgot about that. But this woman was, <laughs> was attacked. just bullshit. No, no, no. This really happened. This woman was attacked coming home by work by a bunch of teenagers. And they said it's because she was a clown. And it was just her wearing very heavy oh, makeup. No. Trying not to laugh. Poor but lady. she was just wearing really heavy, bright makeup. Damn. Um. So she was attacked on the streets. And yeah. Crazy. Stop doing that. People, you're going to get killed. People and clowns, and watch watch your asses out there. I did see this wonderful screenshot of a comment. This one person says, "So are these real clowns or people <laughs> dressed, dressed up as clowns?" As clowns? <laughs> somebody replied, "What the hell do you think a clown actually is?" What is an actual clown? <laughs> yeah. Um. So, are you a four chan reader? Uh, when I was a teen, in my early twenties, I perused. Uh, I have a couple of friends who make art, and sometimes they'll link it to me, and they'll be like, Haha, I drew dicks all over everything. But, um, no, I can't say I'm a 4chaner. So, 4chan might close its website, because it's costing a lot of money oh, to keep this bullshit running. Yeah, they seem to be... Oh, the only thing I really know about 4chan anymore is that they're obsessed with Jewish people. Really? I don't know what it is about 4chan... But if every time I ever went back, they're like, is this person Jewish? And then they like post a photo of some random actor. It's like, are they controlled? I was like, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> it's 2016. <laughs> what year is this? Um, we should. Uh, Mike Rodriguez is a 4chaner and uh, he'd probably be best suited to talk on this. But <laughs> I've, I've been to 4chan and it just seems like a colossal waste of time. <laughs> like It's pretty... I think it's just a place for people to go... It's just an un, unmoderated yeah. shit fest, right? Yeah. Basically. It, it's the equivalent... For me, it's the internet equivalent of going out, getting drunk, and shooting guns. Really? It's real stupid. Uh-huh. But I'm guessing it's a huge r- relief. Because you can just post the most horrible opinions and mm-hmm. shit and you're like Bleh. and oh i feel better now that's where the negativity goes yeah i think that's where it all goes oh but there is there have been really disturbing events on 4chan uh, including a woman body was found 
What? Yeah, yeah. I don't know if you ever heard about this. It came out a couple of years ago. I think, uh, I think luckily the person was arrested. But this man said whoever guesses the number in their post, because it's like randomly generated, guess their number in their own post, um, I'll sh- show you where the body is. And some guy just guessed the right number and he gave out these coordinates. He posted an image of Google Maps with the coordinates circled. And he says, look here. Um, and people are like, oh, this is bullshit. But they turned it into the police anyway. And the police went out there and found this woman's body. Damn. Was she wearing a Pikachu mask? (laughs) There was a lure next to her, yes. (laughs) Oh, man. Yeah, yeah. It's dark. Uh, They they did bring down Scientology. Did they? Yeah, they're the ones Anonymous formed out of 4chan. Mm. Uh, And that's when, remember that Tom Cruise video of him wearing that turtleneck, talking insanely about the power of Dianetics and Scientology? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, that was a for a private event for Scientology, and 4chan had a field day with it. They're oh, like, wow. "What is this?" So they started sharing it, and Scientology threatened to sue, which really pissed off 4chan. And you know, if you get a bunch of pissed off nerds, they have nothing better to do than <laughs> unlimited power. <laughs> yeah, you can't fight awkward. You just Mm-mm. can't. Nope. So they started DDoSing Scientology. They were doing like blackout prints on all their printers like anything that had anything connected to their internet they destroyed they took over their websites they then they started forming um all these counter protests and then people outside of scientology were like uh okay scientology's bad (laughs) we get it (laughs) we get it nerds uh speaking of tom cruise uh I've been thinking a lot about this thing that I saw on TV, and he was speaking about um, filmmakers. I I don't remember exactly what the conversation was, but every time the camera would go to him, it was at this strange angle that made him look gigantic. (laughs) And I've never seen that again. And I just thought it was the weirdest thing. It was on TV late at night. Was it like at a 45 degree angle? It was at a, a... like this what they MTV call a worm's angle? eye view. Oh, and weird. he looked like you know uh, the statue of Lincoln in DC, where you're looking up at this giant thing. <laughs> That's what it looked like. Like they made him look enormous, <laughs> and I was like, uh, "Did did he plan this, or are is this supposed to like get him more roles as a <laughs> larger man, <laughs> a normal sized person?" It's just crazy. From what I understand, and I only know one to two people in hollywood i don't know many um and i don't know them closely so it's not like i got an inside scoop but the general consensus on tom cruise is he is the hardest working person on any movie set he's Mm -hmm. there from beginning to end he's always ready with opinion he's very friendly to everybody he is the greatest person to have on set and two this dude is fucking crazy (laughs) well most highly motivated people are nuts Mm -hmm. in some way i mean i wish i could be that kind of crazy i think the world got off easy that he is into scientology (laughs) and not another religion (laughs) or in hollywood and not in politics if he was a satanist uh there would be dead babies hanging out of this guy's mouth he does (laughs) he does have like this intense stare because he has this 
angry smile. Like he's a machine fueled by rage. Yeah. Yeah. He is. There is something churning in that engine. I um, I don't even want to. Oh. I don't even want to say what I think. Uh, I love the guy's movies. He's yeah. always the best fucking charmer. actor ever. He's but, that maverick. Uh, he's always playing a badass. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. Bald Eagle stuck in a car grill. That is a metaphor for America today. Yep. Crazy. Uh, <laughs> we'll be looking for that meme shortly. Um, you brought up that uh, Saudi Arabia has been asked to stop stoning children. <laughs> I saw it on Reddit. I don't think I looked into the article because I was too busy. That's like, just a great headline. Yeah. I, I don't Human even, rights I don't know if I was gut laughing or just wincing <laughs> internally, but I saw that title, so I, I unfortunately can't talk about it because I don't know too much, but it's sad that it has to be a, a, a title article somewhere. It's all right. We'll just wrap that up. Yeah. It's like, leave that, the stoning for 16 and up, peeps. That's it for the news. Stacey Daniels asks, ask her, I'm assuming it's you, to describe the sexiest fan fiction she has ever written. Oh. And how many babes has she met who write fanfic? (laughs) Uh, Let's see. So, God, I don't even know where it is. When I was about... Fan fiction doesn't automatically mean erotica, right? No. No, no. There's like, it's, there's even rating systems. So some will say E, some will say um, rated 13 and up, some will say R, and somebody, and some will call it crack if it's just insane. Hmm. Um, there's different terms for different types of fan fiction. Some are uh, close to canon, they want to stay there. Then there's like crossover, they call it a AU for alternate uh, reality mm-hmm. or alternate universe. So mm-hmm. let's say Sherlock I use a lot because it, it there's a lot of, it, they kind of plug them in anywhere. Um but, like, let's say Sherlock is actually the doctor from Doctor Who. Mm-hmm. So they'll have, you know, that's alternate universe. So, but yeah, there is quite a bit of um, explicit or romantic uh, fan fiction. Um, I never really wrote too much fan fiction that was like that. But I was, and this sounds insane, I was commissioned to write when I was about 17 years old by. Uh, an internet friend of mine, and she paid me 20 bucks to write a story about Hermione and Ron. And she just, what? from Harry Potter, like she loved them. And she wanted, she's like, I wanted to be like romantic and I wanted to be like heartbreaking. So I wrote this story. Did she get her money's worth? I, I don't know. <laughs> You're going to have to bring that with you next time. I'm trying to find it. Here's the thing. I'm really trying to find that story. And because I know it was poorly written. Like, there's no way this is a good story. Um, And it was very dramatic. It was like, Hermione was so sad over the heartbreak of Harry. And then she, then she ran into Ron and they fucked. And like, <laughs> In all caps. Probably. <laughs> Jesus. I was a total virgin when I wrote this. I was like, yes, this is how penises work from all my research. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. <laughs> so, yeah, that I, that would probably would be it. <laughs> uh, Mike Rodriguez asks, what is your favorite sci-fi movie from this decade? Oh, that's a good one. I'm going to roll with the uh, Tom Cruise and say Edge of Tomorrow. 
I haven't seen it. Oh, it's really good. Really? Yeah, it's really good. Sweet. Um, I almost thought uh, After Earth, but I wasn't going to go that <laughs> far with being the best or my favorite. Uh, uh, let's see. I'm trying to think. There's. I'm trying to think if it's this decade, because let's see. So I, I hope it's this decade, but I will. I have and will always love. Um, it's that South African sci-fi movie. Oh, District my, 9. District 9. It's definitely way up there. Um, the Great Happiness Project. I don't. Mm. I, I think it's. I want to say it's Japanese. Um, and it's about this guy who's schizophrenic who believes the world is going to end in a couple of weeks, and it's his old boss who's an alien who's hmm. going to destroy the planet. And the entire time, you don't know if he's right or not. And it's beautifully <laughs> shot. It's huh. a gorgeous movie. The Happiness Project. Um, I think it's called The Happiness Project. Uh, Stranger Things really is good. Can't. I'm trying to see if there's any deeper cuts because they're all so. I guess Black Mirror. It's not a movie, but oh, so good. Hmm. I don't think I haven't seen that. Yeah, it. Uh, it's on Netflix. It's kind of. It's in the similar vein of The Twilight Zone. Kind of this love the Twilight. Kind of darker. Oh, I do too. It's hard for me to pick an episode, but whenever it's on, I'll just sit down and watch it. Because I know whatever's going to happen, it's going to be good. Mm-hmm. Especially that first season. Just, ugh, beautiful. <laughs> uh, Brennan asked, why are you trying to poach my gig? They came to me. Bitchin' Brenda Valdivia. <laughs> they came to me, son. I showed up once and then they asked me to come back. What do you want from me? Hey, Bren- Brennan, you snoozy lose. <laughs> Um, that's it for friend questions. Pretty brief this time. Mm-hmm. Let's go. You know what? Let's continue to poach Brennan's gig and go to some murder and mayhem. <laughs> so it shouldn't be too difficult for you, Brenda, to come up with some murder and mayhem topics. Let's talk about Jimmy Savile. Jimmy Savile. Uh, are you talking about the British guy? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Yeah. He told me about it before the show. Yeah, yeah. So if, uh, for the listeners, if you don't know who Jimmy Savile is, he was a um, radio, famous British radio star who started working for the BBC. And I mean for decades. We're talking starting in the early 1970s um, all the way, I believe, until the early aughts. Like, I think he only passed away a couple of years ago. Uh, very soon he also was known for his charity work he formed many many charity organizations created spinal treatment centers hospitals for children he created an entire children's wing for a hospital that was named after him he was he raised millions of dollars and he also had a popular television show called jim will fix it where he would bring children on as guests who would wish for something and and usually they're orphans or they're low-income kids and uh, he'd give them whatever they want like a trip to disney world europe or whatever i don't know something like that he was also an incredibly prolific and violent sociopathic child molester um molested also bodies uh dead bodies um and probably was a pimp who also set it up for uh, powerful political figures and uh, rich men. Sometimes, I don't know about women, but I know for a fact a couple of them were men, uh, to take orphans, put them on a boat, be raped, 
and then shoved overboard to kill them. He's he is has been documented with having over seventy uh, molestation cases against him. Wow. Um, from girls as young as eight, from ages of eight to so was, sixteen. I, I remember recently a whole uh, child sex ring being discovered within the the parliament. I guess, and Jimmy also was a big part of it. Also, parts of the royal family. Yes. So there was a prince that allegedly. Jimmy, uh, he's in jail, as far as I remember. I don't know if that part's correct. I may be wrong, but he was a big friend of Jimmy uh, Savile. Um, big, big friend, and they would host all these parties together. And currently, the prince is in jail. I think for the next twenty-five years hmm. for uh, aggravated assault on different children. Wow. Um, it was well known. And the, the BBC definitely did quite a bit to cover up. It was an open secret too. Um, Johnny Rotten was banned from the BBC for talking about it. Uh, what year? Or- I think like 1978, I want to say. It was really early. Okay. Really, really early. Um, and the way he kind of, like you can probably play a clip if you could find it, but the way he framed it, he makes it sound so uh, like, I know, I know where Jimmy Savile, there's so many naughty rumors. Like, he tries to make it so insidious, but it's like, no, that's true. And he was banned from the BBC for saying it. I think it's interesting, it's a little off topic, but uh, Johnny Rotten, both Johnny Rotten and Jello Biafra have said some really interesting underground rumor type stuff. Mm-hmm. And... A lot of it's actually got some merit to it. Oh uh, yeah, there's stuff like whenever you you put groups of people together and you give them indiscriminate power, you're gonna get people who place themselves in that position to, to abuse it. Mm-hmm. It happened, uh, of course, with the BBC, but you know you could also see it in Hollywood. I know everybody was making fun of him for that god awful uh, music appearance. Oh, I forget his name. I know somebody's going to kick my ass over it, but he said he was a victim of child abuse in Hollywood. And oh, Corey, Corey, Corey Feldman. Feldman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Corey Feldman has uh, wants to name names, but because of uh, libel suits, he uh, he says he's powerless to do so. Um, but it's it's been an open secret for years in Hollywood mm-hmm. um, that child abuse is rampant. And it's not at all surprising. I mean... It's so easy to do. There were some conspiracy circles that have, I mean, they they knew about the British stuff and even the Hollywood stuff, and they connected it to, like, Satanism type things. Um, like, ritualistic I don't know. It was abuse. so popular during the 70s and 80s to say that, because mm-hmm. you had all these children saying that they were abused for satanic rituals. Now we know that it was... Um, false memories implanted through hypnosis and a lot of the techniques they used to quote unquote extract all this information was just doing serious psychological damage to these children um and they were also encouraged to make this story bigger and bigger uh meanwhile the none of this actually happened so really? yeah no like the big sat- satanic scare mm-hmm. during the 70s and 80s had nothing to do with satanism it was just bad psychology, real bad psychology. Um, before that time, so the period, two stories aren't connected. I don't think they're connected. I 
there has been known to be projects by the CSI and Interpol that will find um, political figures, politicians, and powerful CEOs who may be pedophiles or run prostitution rings or illegal trafficking, something like that, and they won't say anything. And the reason why they don't is because this person's a weak, a weak link into the organization. So they know that, hey, we know you're doing this. So give up your secrets or we're going to out you and you're going to spend the rest of your life in prison. Do you get rid of that person? Uh, they could be used. They can be used. Mm-hmm. So they don't. The idea is that Jimmy Savile, the reason why he was so big for all these decades is because he knows where the bodies were buried. Right. And he's. if you look at the documentary, there's this documentary with um, Louis Thoreau. Mm-hmm. And it's it was part of a series called Louis Thoreau Meets. I'm a big fan of Louis Thoreau. Uh, Louis Thoreau Meets Jimmy Savile. The first time I ever saw this documentary, I was like, that guy's a pedophile. And that guy assaults women. I feel it. Feel it mm-hmm. deep in my bones. But I was never conditioned with Jimmy Savile. Because it's... You know, you have all these figures, but they groom. They groom. He wasn't a public figure for you. Yeah. He was just this disturbing, creepy, gropey man. Mm -hmm. Who, by the way, had keys to to hospitals, children's hospitals. He could go there at any time, unsupervised, be led into children's rooms. He had had skeleton keys for every room in that hospital, including the morgue. And there has been... I don't know if it's been confirmed, but there have been schedules accidentally left out for him to know what children were alone in their room at what time. And he could easily walk in, rape these children who were bedridden and scared and alone. And then he just left completely unstopped, unchecked. That is so fucked up. Yeah. Man, that is fucked up. This guy's a monster. And the BBC knew about it for years. Parliament knew it for years. There were stories, and the public knew it, but the public never... That's what fucks me up the most. It's bad enough that you have people in the position of power knowing about these abuses, but when the public knows, that's fucked up. Because I saw this new documentary where it's Louis Thoreau trying to grip with realizing that this person he was friends with, Jimmy Savile, he ended up staying friends with him. He was friends with him? Yeah, after the documentary. He didn't piece it all together. Keep in mind, like, it didn't come out until after he died what really happened. And it's him trying to struggle with the reality of who Jimmy Savile is. And uh, interesting piece. Keep in mind, Louis had already done documentaries where he, he... worked with pedophiles he went to a um a therapy prison for pedophiles so he's already experienced with them and he still couldn't make that connection Mm -hmm. he just couldn't and in the documentary you can tell that it really does mess him up but you can see in the first documentary i saw i could tell he was already being groomed like just that's how you do it you don't burst out of the bushes and rape somebody or molest somebody you just insidiously make it okay to get into their bubble. You know, you touch them inappropriately, but lightly and publicly. You laugh it off. You tell them not to take things so seriously. You um, kind of gaslight them a bit. You tell them things aren't as serious as they seem. You start picking up on 
what they're concerned about, what their fears are. And you start hinting that if they don't do what you want them to do, that you'll bring out all these fears to reality. Like that's how grooming works. That is that is monst that is monstrous. Yeah. To to the point there's a comment on Reddit when the documentary because that's how I saw the second documentary about Louis Thoreau. And somebody said, My I I wanted to be on Jim will fix it. And my dad laughed and said, No, you don't. You will never be on that show if I can help it. What the fuck? Because the dad knew. An audience member knew. This whole country is complicit in this behavior because we have this idea of what a monster should look like. And then we're presented with somebody who is monstrous, but they're useful. And that's how it works. Yeah. And this guy did look creepy. Oh, he's, <laughs> he's, he's terrifying to watch. Oh, man. Ugh. So serious. I know, I got real deep. Let's get back to some laughs. Murder and mayhem. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> Tenfold Tirade is brought to you by LoneStarButtons.com. Lone Star Buttons will make your custom button design a reality. Lone Star Buttons offers their buttons in different sizes and shapes. They even do magnets, and they do their work at great prices from the late 1990s, early 2000s. Um, you can get in contact with Lone Star by email at info at LoneStarButtons.com, or you can call the owner... Adam Stimpy Jones at 281-798-1996. Tell him Gabe sent you and uh, tell him you want to suck in his hairy tits. Uh, so today's tenfold tirade is the simulation theory. Uh, I brought that up before the show and you actually taught me a little bit about the history behind the simulation theory and how um, today it's thought of as the universe is basically a very complex uh, hologram, holographic <laughs> universe that we're not really here. And um, there are uh, math equations that kind of support it, but then they kind of don't because they've been, uh, I don't know. I, I don't know the exact science behind it, but why don't you start with the history of it? Because that was very interesting. It okay. kind of took took the topic to a different place. Okay, so um, when you first brought it up, is the idea that the universe isn't real, that mm -hmm. this is all in your head, um, whoever the original author thought of it. I don't know who, who wrote it. But the basic idea is that it's all made up, none of it is real, and um, everything around him is fake. Uh, and it's easy to do because like, some I, I think every kid has that feeling like what if everybody's a robot? Um, <laughs> but there's this interesting history that throughout the years, um, people, especially with paranoid schizophrenia, will get this idea that they're the center of a huge conspiracy, a mm -hmm. global or universally wide conspiracy. And the first one, which could be true. Which could be true, because you get real philosophical with that. Because, you know, let's break down what the, let's break down what this guy is saying. Mm -hmm. That the universe is an illusion, which is generated by a computer, which at its core is binary. So it either is or is not. 
Now, the idea could be either true or false. It either is or is not. But the information created to make that idea is also binary. This lamp looks like a lamp. It feels like a lamp. It is a lamp or it is not. But the idea of it being a lamp is also binary. I believe this lamp is a lamp. Yes. I do not believe this lamp is a lamp. No. So it's like, what the fuck? <laughs> so it starts getting more and more abstract and terrifying. Anyway, so to the core. Or you could look at the lamp under an electron microscope and realize that this lamp is 99.999 is the, empty space. Is the micron microscope? Is that real? Oh, shit. Oh, Taking shit. it deep. No. <laughs> I'm spiraling out of control. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, that's the idea of infinity is terrifying. Um, but th- there's this common thread with schizophrenia up until the um, war, war uh, the Cold War, where surveillance technology really started kicking off. The people had this idea that they were a religious figure and they were being put through a test and that the world is a test and they have to pass the test in order to bring out aliens. Uh, yeah. Or the end <laughs> of the world, they're a messiah, something like that. Uh-huh. But during the uh, Cold War, people uh, started declaring like uh, it became much more popular. I don't know. That sounds weird to phrase it that way. But it became really popular for schizophrenics to say that they were being watched by the government mm-hmm. and there were hidden microphones and um, that hidden microphones and cameras watching them at all times. And as the technology advances, their beliefs get more complicated too. Now, up when the Truman movie, the show, the Truman show, the movie came out, um, this new type of schizophrenia started coming out, this belief that they were Truman. They were the Truman character. That their whole life was this carefully choreographed um, simulation brought out by this omnipotent producer and nobody in their life was real. And their tiny cameras watching them do something for uh, the public's entertainment. That's also grown more and more with the advent of reality TV. Uh, People think they're a part of TV. But during The Matrix, you also saw a jump of people believing that they are in a computer simulation. Um, robots were also a thing when sci-fi really started becoming popular and the idea of, of cyborgs, um, mm-hmm. became, uh, known to the public. Well, there's also rept- reptile people. Reptilians. Yeah, uh, really big. God, this, this covers so many topics all yeah, in one. All in one is this, uh. Not to mention the unmarked news van across the street pointing <laughs> all their microphones at us. The one that says flowers. says <laughs> <laughs> It doesn't even say the name. It just says flowers on the side of it. With the guy in a a black fucking business suit (laughs) driving with sunglasses at night. Yeah, it depends on what's what's big in the in popular culture that will dictate what a paranoid schizophrenic is suffering. The delusion is suffering from. There's this interesting study where this guy took three people who believe they were Jesus mm-hmm. and put them in the same room and just let them yell at it. They did not like each other because they were convinced the other two were delusional. Whoa. And But they also kind of grew to be friends. So, like, don't... He's just messed up, guys. He believes it's Jesus, but... <laughs> 
obviously, obviously. I'm the one with the brown hair and beard. <laughs> but yeah, and then the psychiatrist was like, I don't want them to be in the same room anymore. And he separated them, and they were very upset. Can't can't fuck with people too bad. It's so crazy. <laughs> what started as uh, the universe being a very complex uh, system of mathematic equations suddenly evolved into just people being nuts. <laughs> It's all there. The guy who uh, came up with the concept of infinity inside numbers, he went crazy. Of course he did. Yeah. How do you fucking think about that all day? How do you go from two to three and then realize there's an indivisible, there's, you can divide between two and three, 2.5, and then like break it down between those two mm-hmm. and reach infinity. But it's not infinity because it exists between two and three. And how do you deal with that? <laughs> how do you deal with that game? I, I don't know. <sighs> I don't know. Do You're this. sweating. <laughs> I don't know why I do this to myself. <laughs> She's wiping the tears away. And uh, I think we're going to call this a show. <laughs> uh, Brenda, thank you for guest hosting. Yeah, uh, go ahead and off. plug your stuff again. Hold on, let me take off my tinfoil hat real All quick. Right. Hey, hey, hey. Uh, before we end... Um, have you seen the Amanda Knox uh, documentary on Netflix? No, tell oh, me about it. Oh, so good, so good. But very bad documentary. <laughs> the only people that uh, they interview or they put in a, a studio and interview them is Amanda Knox, her boyfriend, and the cop that accused them of being the murderers. Mm-hmm. That's it. They didn't ask anybody anything else. Oh, so there was uh, no like separate entity. There were che- no fact checking. It was this. it was all. Uh, oh wait, wait. There was a scumbag reporter from England Natch. that I can't remember. Huh? It's a, it's always a scumbag reporter. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, I thought you said picture Nash, like a no. uh, naturally like a picture of plaid jacket, <laughs> like a card no, sticking out no. of his hat. He looked he looked classy, but he was a terrible human being. Mm-hmm. Um. Uh, obviously she didn't do it. Mm-hmm. Obviously the cops missed who did do it by only looking at her. And you hear that story so many times over and the real killer gets away 80% of the time. Yeah. Um, it was interesting, uh, just because the, the Italian people were spun by the media into thinking that she definitely did it. And she was a whore mm-hmm. and a... Just a terrible person with no morals. and She killed him. Killed him with her family in wiles. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, it was just really interesting. I recommend it, but... That's interesting. Don't don't drive yourself nuts over just it. Just gonna wake up angry. That's how I wake up every day. Um, when I was a kid, I thought for a bit about becoming a detective. Because uh, I love Sherlock. Sherlock was one of the first books. I thought I you were read. gonna say Batman. <laughs> Batman too. I, I was gonna say that too, but I thought I'd go a little deeper. But Sherlock was one of the first books that I was like, "Woo, science!" Um, but I always remember him saying, "Him saying, you see, but you do not observe." And hmm. it's just the idea: like, follow the evidence, don't follow your train of thought, uh, because your train of thought will just lead you to the conclusions you want to believe. Right, it's the easiest. But and that's funny because the uh, detective. Was a big Sherlock Sherlock Holmes fan, Mm-mm. and obviously not enough, he did not son. follow those teachings. Yeah. He just wanted to fucking put the pipe in his mouth and uh, deduce. <laughs> yeah, no shit. 
That is just her taken cuff a, link was dirty. Obviously, a, she's the murderer. Oh, and they misused DNA evidence so horribly. Oh boy. Um, it was just a small town that wasn't prepared for such a big investigation. Yeah, I realized and, my little fat ass was never gonna pass out any police <laughs> police academy, and I did not feel like training. <laughs> so I think I'll just panic at home. Just be a a, a private investigator. Mm-hmm. Um. You were telling me about another uh, another documentary called The Imposter before yeah. the show. Do you want to get into that a little bit? Hell yeah. Uh, let's talk about it because I saw that. I think that's why I'm so anxious today because I saw that on the just before I came over here. Yeah. Um, it's basically, and it opens the documentary with this. So uh, everyone's like, eh, spoilers. Well, you came to the wrong show. Um, <laughs> this French guy uh, escapes to Spain. And then he pretends to be a scared child. We're like, he pretends to be a 14-year-old kid. Mm-hmm. Um, and he calls the police, pretending to be somebody else, and claims that this child is, is like, scared in this phone booth. And they find him. Um, and he pretty much lives for free in this orphanage. And they start asking him, who are you? So out of panic, he says, uh, I'm actually an American. And uh, I was kidnapped. I ran away from home and then I was kidnapped and that's where I'm from. So they're like, okay, so let's find your parents. And he says, no, I need to call them myself. So instead of sitting with him, they let him go in a room by himself. And then he just starts calling all these police stations all over the country uh, in in the United States from Spain and just says, hey, uh, do you have a missing kid? has been missing about three years. It kind of looks like this. Um, and like, yeah, no, there's thousands of missing children. Let me connect you with this. So he just called and called. And finally, somebody said, yeah, yeah, we do. Is that you? And he goes, yeah, 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 that's me. In his Spanish accent. In his French Spanish, French Spanish accent. accent. Yeah. And then they, uh, they believe him somehow. And his sister comes from Texas, like this little town right outside of San Antonio, comes to Spain to pick him up, shows him all these photos, and is like, this is your uncle, this is your dad. And uh, when they ask him, Who's, who are these people, like, the next day, he answers all the questions correctly, and they just let him go to Texas. And Damn. the entire time, the family's like, uh, I guess it's you. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's you. <laughs> Uh, so crazy. They never question why he has a French accent. Nobody ever mentions the fact that he has brown eyes instead of blue eyes. And they all just chalk it up to him being traumatized. And he makes up this, in, well, you know, I don't want to say insane after the discussion we've had today. But he basically says he was like kidnapped and raped by high military figures. And he was like held hostage for years. And he managed to escape. Um, and uh, there is a strong suspicion that the family killed their child and that the reason they let this man into their life was to either ease the psychological pain of it or just be like um yeah he was totally missing sure yeah uh so it's very interesting and it's unnerving and beautifully shot they have some gorgeous footage of people just sitting there it looks great so i recommend it you got your recommendations people um do you want to plug anything before we take off? Uh, well, I'm doing this thing called the Mockingbird Network. <laughs> <laughs> Dot com. Yeah, you can actually find us on, on Facebook. Mockingbird is two words. Uh, Mockingbird. And uh, there's a show called The Stacks. It's on Houston 
uh, one of my favorite shows. Very chill. It has Ned Gale, Ruth Hirsch, and Josh Brokaw. And they just invite different guests to hang out on stage. It's, it's one of my favorite things. It's helped start at the Mockingbird Network, and I love them very much. And they're 8 p.m. at the Walford every Sunday. So if you want to come check us out, join us. Sweet. Uh, go to revengeoftheworld.com for all of our social medias and other horse shit. Uh, gently go fuck you, someone. Fuck you.